Welcome to another Survivor edition of the Bitter Jury Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Mai, and joined, uh, and I'm joined by only one person this week. Charles, thank you for uh, indulging me and bearing with me and joining me for one more week. So what are your thoughts on the season so far? Uh, as always, I am happy to be here. It is colder in Lexington now, so it is bourbon for sure. And I'm still going strong this season. I am excited because as we get to the end of our discussion today, we'll see that preview for this week means that they're merging. Hopefully that's the right terminology for you there. Um, Yes, I'm learning. I'm learning. Uh, But no, I'm really interested to see um, what happens as everybody merges together. And this was actually a really good week as well that we're about to talk about tonight. Yeah, well. Of course, with it just being Charles, it does mean that we're missing Sarah and Westoff. Um, so we're missing them dearly tonight. But me and Charles are still going to ball out tonight and enjoy ourselves. So let's get right into the episode. As expected, the first shot of this episode is Sifu, very confused on who voted for him. And like I alluded to last week, I think that is to me the benefit of this like whole like Sean conundrum that happened last week was now you get to see Sifu scramble. Right. He sees his name written down and now he's like, what the heck happened? Now, Sean told him that he didn't vote for Sifu. And that adds a whole new layer to it where now D, Julie, Jemaya are frustrated that Sean said anything. Right. And Sifu's like, do I believe him? Do I not? So what do you kind of make of this situation, Charles? I think it's exciting that like we get to see some like some conflict in a tribe that's now all from the same starting tribe. Well, I'll, you know, as a big brother guy, I'll make a reference here. This type of shit is what I want to see in big brother, right? The confusion and who voted for who and why are things uneven? Why didn't this go this way? Where even though it went the way that we thought it did, there's still a vote out here that is quote unquote unknown. That's the shit I live for. Now, on the flip, you know, I kind of laughed off air about this, but, you know, Sifu questioning again just gave me it was just giving me so many Goku vibes because I just love anime and I'm a nerd like that. But I mean, he was pissed, you know, and of course, D is the one that voted for him to go. She blatantly lied about it. Um no, like that whole discussion, I think, was what I was looking forward to most after watching it play out, you know, at Tribal Council last the week prior. Um, but I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I agree. Like after watching the Big Brother season that we've been dealing with this year, it's really nice to see conflict just kind of like constant throughout like there's always something going on which is nice now that could be just the fact that big brother we get to watch it 24 7 and that's why we don't get as much excitement from it and here they can edit it together and put storylines together but i also do think that it is just generally a more fast-paced game if i'm sifu i'm pissed that someone put my name down and i would believe sean because what does the guy get out of lying what does he achieve from lying on his way out he's already out of the game like he doesn't achieve anything by lying. So I would be on high alert. You know, he's a physical threat. So you got to be wary of it. And if I'm yeah, D, and, he's high on my target list. And I mean, truthfully, even going back to referring to Sean, I mean, he's a smart guy, but I don't feel like he was that crafty to be able to make that a parting game move to benefit someone else you know like thinking about big brother and i'm terrible at reliving specific moments but you can think about all the times you know even mccall leaving this season that on their exit they try to sabotage somebody else somehow in some sort of calculated way i just don't see sean doing that so it's like okay cool he's clearly telling you the truth and now, like you said, Sifu's on high alert because he doesn't trust anybody. Now, I don't know if this is getting ahead, though. I'll go ahead and ask you, what did you think about the uh, 
Sifu interrogation techniques as he tried to figure out what was going on. What did he do again? Did he just pull everybody aside one by one? Yeah. Well, and he kept talking about how, like, I'm going to make up a lie to make people think that I know who did it, and then they're going to be able to talk about it. And it, and he tried to do it. He actually did it to all three of them, I think. But he was just, like, trying to catch them in a lie and was trying to be all manipulative and was just like, oh, well, Sean told me that he didn't, so that means somebody did. But do you really think it was Sean? And they're all just like, yeah, it was Sean. And he's like, I'm going to be able to get this out of them because I'm going to press them because I know how to get information. And I was like, bruh. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) to me, like, you're not, they're all like, come on. First of all, they, you you should expect that they're all going to say Sean because it's an easy scapegoat. He's not there to defend himself. Mm-hmm. He's not in the game anymore. He like Seif was a big, strong guy, physical threat, like we mentioned in those more like heavy lifting comps and stuff like that. So you've got to expect that they're going to blame it on Sean. Also, when all if and when all three of them do, you can also make like a basic assumption that they might be working together. So trying this, I'm going to lie to you to come up with this and that. It's a forensic psychology method that you use in in interrogations. And when you do it to multiple people that are working together, it's not going to work. Because as we've seen time and time again in Big Brother Survivor, all these different games, people report back to each other. It's not going to work. To me, I mean, my approach would have been, listen, I get it. It was tumultuous. I can be an asset to you guys. Merge is coming up soon. I'm willing to put this behind us. Let's work together. Because if you just keep harping on the fact that someone is out to get you, dude, it's Survivor. You're competing for a million dollars. Someone is always out to get you. Yeah. You cannot expect that it's all like happiness, rainbows, and then holding hands in a circle singing fucking Kumbaya. Like, People are out to get you. It's a game for a million dollars. So harping on the fact that one person wrote your name down isn't going to help you. (laughs) Right. It helps to know that someone's out for you. And and if you can figure out who that is, that helps because then you can get them before they get you. But don't harp on it. Like everyone should be a target in this game. Point blank, period. And especially with the merge coming up, this offers Sifu an opportunity to go and branch out and meet those other people. Maybe he'll have a bond with like Jake or Bruce or any of these guys or like Katora, Kelly, like all you that he has not met yet. You never know. Like paranoia is not going to work. Just simple. Yep. I agree. With that said, we move on and I've written a few like, highlights for me from camp life um on a more fun lighthearted note um i wrote kendra versus a worm so um my question for you charles how would you do if you were tasked with eating a worm absolutely not like that looked so grim she didn't bite or nothing she just let the slimy piece of crap like she tried to like just like down it in one go, and I was like, "Yeah, no, no." And it reminded no, me, no, 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 no. I was so obsessed with the show Fear Factor when it was on <laughs> years and years and years ago, but it was so funny because I could watch, but as soon as I started eating shit, I would just like I wouldn't legit gag. I just did it now for dramatic effect. But I would just sit there, and I'm thinking, "What the fuck are these people doing?" Now, mind you, I know they're on Survivor, and I know that food is pretty much non-existent at this point, but what's the actual fuck? And can you imagine eating this fucking worm and then it getting into your body? And then I'm, I apologize for anyone that happens to actually be listening to this, but the <laughs> literal shitstorm that would ensue as a result, absolutely fucking not. No way. So now I know what I'm going to be showing Charles after this episode. Um, (laughs) This used to be a survivor challenge where you had to down, like in rounds, you had to down certain foods. 
it would be like bugs like that like like it was it was passed off as like local delicacies because most of them were like either like bugs like right. chicken hearts and stuff like that like grasshoppers yeah, yeah yeah and it was one of the things where like you down the plate and then you open and show and you show jeff an empty mouth and em- and he sees an empty and you're like you're on to the next round yeah i don't i i usually kind of like like times two those videos and stuff um it also reminds me of like when people get screwed in the auction which i'll tell charles about and uh we'll get to see later on as the auction is coming back to survivor which i'm very excited about um but yeah just no that's grim to me i mean could eating you do worm? it no, no no hell no i've watched those i've watched those eating challenges and i literally said to myself like you know what i'm okay I, I'm okay with losing this challenge and having to like if I'm on the bottom of the barrel, I'm I'm still okay with losing that challenge, bowing out of that challenge, and like going ahead and socially and strategically fighting my butt off to get to stay. If it means I don't need to eat no damn bug, no damn worm, nothing. No, not I. Um, moving on from that disgusting topic. Um, well, Jake question. passed out. Well, not even yeah? question. Before we move on, because I texted you all as well, because I was watching mm-hmm. tonight's episode of Big Brother. I don't know why, but every moment in the reality shows that we've been watching this year, I am fucking eating. So the fucking feet from Survivor, now the feet in Big Brother. I don't know if you watched <laughs> tonight's episode, but literally while she was eating the bug, I actually wrote on here, of course I'm eating. Like, yeah. What I I'm already convinced the universe hates me anyway, but why is the universe ruining my fucking dining experience every night? It's crazy. I couldn't tell you. I was expecting more shots of like them eating rice out of a clamshell than than worms and crap. I I can't. I I apologize. I feel bad for you. But um. Anyway, yeah. now we can move on. Jake, uh, Jake passed out again, which mm-hmm. for me raises concerns. That was just a note that I that I made. I don't know if you have any opinions on that one. Um, um you know, the only thing I had because that kind of led into him opening up about his weight loss journey. Yeah, which I thought was really cool because I wouldn't have known that otherwise, yeah. obviously. And I do hate that Daniel's not on here because I think this was a moment that he and I both he would have cried. Yeah, I didn't, and I didn't all out sob like I usually do, but I definitely had to give a little pat here and there because um, that was that was really really cool, you know. And I, you know, kind of like uh, Pooch talking to us about his speech impediment journey, like weight loss journey is a very very real thing for Americans even. And so it was just really nice that we got to see that, you know, kind of early on in the season. And I think this brings up something that, like, I think is different about the way Survivor kind of edits and puts their stories together as opposed to Big Brother is with Survivor. They do these kind of like, like, quote unquote, as we call it, flashbacks, right, Mm -hmm. where you get that moment where they get to like it's kind of in like a flashback format where they get to talk about their personal life and their personal challenges and that kind of stuff. And it's really cool because you get to really get to know the person behind the player. Um, Some notable ones in the past that I will always remember, there was Jesse from a few seasons ago who um, was like a convict and spent like the last few years of his life, like reforming himself and, you know, becoming a better person. The one that always stands out to me is um, Ben Bergen from Heroes, Healers, Hustlers, who is a military who's a mil- like an army vet he's a veteran and they were at camp and they had bamboo on the fire and the bamboo popped and he got ptsd because it sounded to him like a gunshot oh wow and so like there were moments where like he would just like literally just like up and leave from camp and just be like i i gotta get out of here and he would like go like lay down in the water and just like meditate and like it's really these moments are really cool because you get to know the person behind the player. Like you're watching them play this game, but these are also people. Yeah. What go season home. was that? I want to look it up. Or you can Heroes, it. Healers, Hustlers. 
Okay. Which if you hear me say a name like that, there's usually like a theme on how they cast it or how they split into tribes. Yeah. So healers, healers, hustlers was one of those like how they split into tribes. So heroes were like firemen, veterans, police officers, healers. You're thinking like therapists, doctors, nurses, um, hustlers. You're thinking like business people, things like that. Um, I think there was like a bellboy on there. Like, um, but yeah, that was, a, that was a cool season. Um, but yeah, like you get to know the, the person. I think that's really cool. And I've got to say like something that I noted with my friends was it was very surprising to us that it took us five episodes to get a flashback. Mm. Usually you see a flashback first two episodes at the, at, at least um, we were surprised that it took this long, but they definitely commentate because somebody else got a flashback. I forgot who it was. Um, I know that this Jake year? wasn't the only flashback. Yeah, on this past episode. I didn't write it down, but somebody but somebody else did. Um, I think it was one of the one of the girls. Um see, I'm trying to think and I can't but see here's the thing with the amount like we're we're quite spoiled for choice with how many girls are on this cast. Um there's more yeah, there's more girls than guys left on the cast. Um but yeah, I, I agree. I think it's really cool. You get to see the person and that that's just a really cool opportunity. Um Next note that I had was Katora looking for an idol um, with an empty camp. Um, is this is this how you would spend your time if you were sitting at camp alone and had nothing to do? What would you do? Take a nap, twiddle your thumbs, go out and try to find an idol? Good question. I think I'm actually going to have you answer it before me since you have watched more. Because I would say from the gate, Probably not, but I also don't know. And even though things are are fast paced and everybody's kind of on that hunt for idols, it seems. I personally don't know if like me just going out while everybody else is out, you know, fishing or whatever the hell they're doing, if it's going to help me. Because truthfully, I know from my perspective, since I'm going to be a little bitch out there on the island anyway, I'm probably going to be balled up on the ground in the fetal position, like crying because I want to go home, but refuse to become a Sean or Hannah. So, yeah. I, I, so yeah. What about you? Is that something that you would do if you were solo or are you going to try to yeah. hook up with somebody and make it happen? I mean, I've, I mean, the thing is I forgot what they were doing, but when you go out and look for an idol, you risk what happened to Katora, where that group comes back and they're like, where is she? And then they find you in like the middle of the forest. So you have no excuse. So yeah. for me, you either try like depending if they're like off somewhere having a conversation, I would try to go meet up with somebody and make like some sort of relationship happen. Um, but I think if I was just there alone, I would look for an idol. But what I would do is unless you have a clue to where the idol is. I would look anywhere in like a respectable distance to an excuse. So for me, I immediately thought of like the water well, where if I hear footsteps or I hear voices, I hear them back. I can just go over to the water well and fill up my water canteen and just be like, oh, hi, y'all. I I ran out of water. I just y'all. I wasn't doing shit. Y'all just came in at a bad time. I just happened to be at the water well. Mm. No. Like something that's got an easy excuse because I do not have I'm probably not going to have the mental capacity to actually yeah. think of a legitimate excuse. So send <laughs> something that's just easy, just a just a hand yeah. away. No, I have a survivor question for you now that we're talking yeah. about this, because I don't think I've asked or it's come up. Um, where do they go to the facilities? Obviously, to, to, meaning to. Yeah. To go yeah. number one or go number two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, they're outside, so I know they're not going to just have the luxury of being able to go somewhere for that. But do they go on the island and all designate an area that this is where we're going to go? Or do I they would think so. Go wherever they go. I would think so. I mean, just the same way that you are with like the bugs and crap and the feet. I'm not trying to listen to 10 minutes of of them explain where they where they drop their excrements on on in fiji i mean but, that's a part you know? of the fucking experience <laughs> yeah totally um and the thing is the only thing that i know for sure is like they they bathe in the ocean 
Right. That's their bathtub is the ocean. Yeah. Um, when it comes to going to the bathroom, I assume they have a designated location, given that they need to use the rest of the island for shelter, for food. I sure hope you're not just, you know, doing your business. God knows anywhere. Um, yeah. That's that's my answer. I I don't care enough. I I don't need to know where the survivors are pissing. Okay. Um I mean the piss wouldn't bother me. I mean, hell. Yeah, well, fucking pissed, pissed yeah. on a tree at some point. Yeah. But um you know, I it's also why I don't camp. I need toilet paper. So if if we're having to leaf it up or sticks or whatever the hell else, I, no. Mm-mm. Oh god, I'm loving the conversations we're having on this episode. I hope Westoff has a I hope Westoff has a ball going through this one. Oh, um, he's going to love it. So, back to more game stuff. You go we go back to the Ariva tribe and uh I wrote down I forgot what the context is. Sifu's fake idol. I forgot if he did he make a fake idol or did someone give him a fake idol? He made one. I'm glad you brought that up. That's right, he did. Yeah, and yeah. that was a part of his plan. Remember? That's right. Now I remember what it is now. They yes, think yes, yes. they think he has an idol. That was which, a part. Can of I just fishing. say? Okay, let me rant for five seconds, please. Okay, D is a bonehead. Okay, for thinking this man has a valid idol. Hold on. Every camp has one idol. D, for crying out loud, you know who has it. You know Austin has it. This is oh, wow. like, this is common knowledge for you. You and know see, he has it. I Why? have no idea that okay. I have no idea that every camp just had one. Now so, yeah, D, you're fucking stupid. Yeah, wow. Now let's add this. Let's add this. It that's fair. Maybe he didn't get it on the island. Maybe he got on a journey. Guess what? He hasn't gone on a journey. There is no place this man could have gotten an idol unless someone slipped him the idol. <sighs> From frick knows where. There's no way. This I just, just don't understand. Listen, there's got to be something that I don't know because I don't understand how you can think this man has an idol. But I find it hysterical that they do. And it's so good for him that they do. Because now you've got this paranoia about you. Oh, what happens if they did it, did it, did it? Come on. What they're currently, what what they're kind of banking on is force, it's like a plurality or vote or, fo- or forcing a tie. Mm-hmm. A plurality vote means when, um, a percentage of votes that isn't the majority ends up sending someone home. So like a two, one, one would be a plurality because it's not the majority. Right. So what, so what I'm assuming D is banking on to get rid of Sifu is let's say, let for example, D and Julie vote. So you say D and J vote for Sifu. Sifu votes for whoever the shit he cares. And then J votes for somebody other than who Sifu is voting for. If that makes sense. And then, so that so that if Sifu plays an idol and it's worth something, they can force a tie and then they can go through that process. Uh, but if he doesn't, uh, but if he doesn't play an idol, those two votes would be enough to kick his butt to the curb. Okay. I still oh am just like, you've got to be joking. I can't believe I forgot that that was his ploy. It was like. I'm going to get people's true intentions. And so I'm going to make them believe that I have an idol and it works and for him. Because, and the thing is, it works for him because he doesn't know that someone has the idol. But it looks like a fucking candy necklace. And I'm like, no, bruh. It looks like, the, it looks like a necklace that like your kindergartner makes in class with the art teacher and then gives you, and then you put it on because you feel bad like not not putting it on <laughs> like well and also you know, as we talk about this i don't know how common this happens as far as exposing idols to fellow players and stuff obviously you know this season i've gotten to see some people kind of look for idols together and therefore yeah. they know about it but i mean i'm also thinking during this whole time too like 
if this mf'er has a fucking idol and he's just telling the world about it at this point then again that's gonna make me gun for him even more because now i'm like you said like i'm gonna force you to use it i'm gonna you're gonna flush it yeah you're gonna flush it or what a lot of people will do is a lot like there are all those situations where they will like go like listen I've heard all of them talking about you. You're the target. And then they don't vote for him. Mm. Just just make him play it incorrectly. It's a flush. Ooh, that's a good move, too. But to me, what's also really interesting. First of all, I did send to you guys the video of the stick. Which was, yeah. which was my favorite. <laughs> I love that thing. I love just Eliza Orleans. God bless her. Um, we love our Syracuse alumni being smart. Eliza, the girl, <laughs> the girl who opened the thing, is a Syracuse alum. Um, we, I love Eliza, and Eliza opens. So, for those who don't know, um, there was a season where there was a really dumb player, and um, Jason who went and found an idol. It was a stick wrapped in a napkin, and he gave it to Eliza and said, "Like, I want you to use this. Like, this is for you. Like, you're gonna need this." And she unwrapped the 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 napkin, and there's just an iconic like just like scene where she just goes, "It's a fucking stick." Like it's just so funny to me, like the levels of fake idols. Um, like since then, it's evolved where people will actually like like when they get an idol, they'll take the string that wrapped the idol and use that as like the thing that holds it together. And then they'll find beads and shit and they'll put it together. And it's gone to the point where like there, there have been advantages that are literal fake idol kits. Like knockoff pieces. Oh, really? That's happened before where, where production has said like we can offer you a fake idol kit where we give you string, fake beads, all this crap that's, that isn't worth crap, but it looks like an idol. It looks wow. like a legitimate production idol. It's genius. Um, but moving on from fake idols, I do want to bring this up. I want to ask you, Charles, about your opinion on Jay's strategy. Jay Maya decided, I'm going to throw myself under the bus, and I'm going to tell Sifu that I voted for him. What do you think? I'll uh, throw it over to you. So it's a bold move. It's a bold move. I forgot what the reason was, like what the I did end goal too. was, but I remember that it was like something pretty, pretty freaking smart. But my silence is only because it's interesting that in our previous episode, we had a like, oh, cool, Jay Maya's deciding to play the game, something and play. And now here she is actually trying to play. Um, I don't know. I I thought it was smart. I just don't remember the exact build up to that of as to why she did it and what her motive was behind getting there. Um do you remember I that? I feel at all? like I feel like it was something about like quenching his kind of like paranoia and just kind of like halting it there or like and like giving him a target so that they can go for him or something like that. I forgot. Um I just noted it because I just found it damn smart, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I actually sat with my jaw open, with my mouth open because I was thinking, "Oh wow, she's playing. This is cool." Yeah. Um, again, it's it, kind I of like the idea episode. of it's kind of like that idea of like like allowing yourself to go up as a pawn in Big mm-hmm. Brother. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like throwing yourself under the bus a little bit just to help the overall goal. Which, if it works out for you, is a great move. Right. Because you're brave. Yeah. Um, next, you have the immunity challenge, which uh, lo- would love to get your opinions on. Let's hear them. Um, which Reba won. I think, right? Reba won, and then Lulu came in second, I think. So let's hear your opinions. Um, go for it. Yeah. The challenge was um here let me let me let me read the description. Uh one at a time three members of each tribe will run through a three-story tower obstacle. Oh, yes, yes, keys. Yes. Uh uh a fourth member will then use one of the keys to unlock a hook. 
which will release sandbags. Um, then the tribe will use a slingshot to fire sandbags to knock down three targets. Yes. I actually think... Didn't Lulu end up winning? Like the new Reba, Reba came in first, then Lulu. Okay, okay. Um, the picture I'm looking at it had, uh, I, I mean, I, I like this challenge. I, I had fun it. watching it. I had fun watching it. However, I don't know. I guess I'll just be a little critical, just because I need to play devil's advocate on something this week. Um, yeah. It was definitely my least favorite, though, so far. I thought, now, obviously, sitting here on my couch watching and, you know, drinking a beer, bourbon, or whatever I had at that moment in time, it's easier for me to criticize, but especially the little three-layer obstacle course, it just looked easy. It looked as if they were going through it pretty easily. And I mean, they were zipping through that thing. There was no like hesitation from anybody. So I don't know. So that first half of it for me was just a little wah wah. Uh, but then I did like, I do want to know kind of what, how long it played out because of the anticipation, because the like whole build up there at the end when they're dropping the bags, um, you know, Drew had trouble getting the um the bags to drop because he was the untangler or whatever you want to call label that um and so they got everything a little bit later or a little bit after everybody and i was like oh my gosh my guys are gonna fucking have to vote each other out and i'm gonna cry if this happens um but uh but no which they did end up losing and so I think I actually texted you and was like, oh, fuck, or something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was not happy um, seeing my boys, Austin and Drew, on the losing end of something. Um, and yeah, that watching that play out obviously started to set us up for um, the tribal council. That was pretty great. Yeah. Um, so I so after Bell lost um and Reba won, uh the Reba tribe got to send three people on a journey. Uh so this week's journey, you know, adventurers are uh J Maya, Kelly, and Austin. Um do you think those were good picks? Do you not really hold so much of an opinion? Are you excited that your boy gets to go on a journey and potentially get some good? I was excited until they got there and I saw what it was. I kind of had the same thoughts that he did after getting there of like, hey, I already have something. I'm in a good place. I would rather eat and I don't want to rock the boat um, by getting something else. Um, but it was interesting how they did that. Um, you know, as a new watcher of the show, I kind of liked how. They had the three of them and it was a majority roles sort of situation. It's like they could either choose to eat and enjoy a meal or they could take this power or, you know, whatever word um, they used. Um, yeah, that, that was a interesting discussion. Um, what did you think? Well, and again, I've already said what I would have done. I, I definitely would have been on the side of Austin. And then, of course, he ended up having to kind of give in because it was like the two ladies were pretty much already decided on what they were going to do. Um, well, I take that back. Was it Kelly who was there? Yeah, it was, it was yeah, Kelly. Kelly was, was in the middle. Jay Kelly wanted... was a little on the middle, but then she kind of squandered and was like, I don't want to make the decision. And so then it kind of forced Austin into, well, I don't want to be that guy. So I guess I'll go along with this. Um, but what would you have done, especially knowing your knowledge of the yeah. show a bit more than me? So, so um, for those who don't know, when you uh, the three that went on the journey, they had an option. Either they could get sandwiches for food or they could get an advantage amulet. And I'll give the history on that one in a second. 
I think what was really interesting for me looking at this was that you have three people that are in very different positions in this game. You have Austin, who is kind of like in this middle ground, but he's in a really good spot because he's got Drew. Emily is with them uh, as a three, so he has the majority. Um, Also, Austin and Drew, between the two of them, have a lot of advantages and a lot of like, you know, different, you know, oh, yeah, advantages. There's, yeah, I used the right word the first time. So to say he needs another advantage, he really doesn't. And in a situation where you need food for him, it's more beneficial to get that food. Kelly is kind of in this like middle place, like doesn't have the tons of advantages, but has, you know, a good spot in this game. So she could afford either the advantage or the food, right? She could afford the food where she, you know, will need the sustenance, but at the same time, she could afford the advantage where it could work in her favor. It would be good for her to have something. Whereas Jay, it's completely on the bottom is pretty much on the bottom, right? If, if, well, at least in her eyes, if Sifu does have this stupid idol, then (laughs) she is on the bottom because D and Julie are definitely going to kick her off before they kick one of each other off. So for her as well, it's for her, it's the most beneficial to have an advantage and have something to back herself up. Right. So for me, it would partially depend on the situation, right? If I'm in a situation where I'm super safe and I have a lot of advantages and things to back myself up like Austin does, I would probably lean towards the food and the sustenance because that's an advantage in and of itself. But if I'm in Jay's situation or even Kelly's situation where I'm like middle ground, but I have nothing to like fall back on or like I'm somewhere near the bottom, I'm going for that advantage. It's going to be so helpful. Um, and especially if you can outlast the rest of them. So the advantage amulet, um, it's kind of a teamwork advantage. This is not the first time that we've seen. This is the second time we've seen this advantage. So all three of them get an amulet. And depending on when they play it is how much power it has. And I'm pretty sure they have to play it together if mm-hmm. they're not. If um, Yeah, they have to play it together if it's multiple, if it's more than one of them left. Um, the power it holds depends on how many people are left in the game. If all three of them are still in the game and they all and they play it together, it is an extra vote. If if it's only two of them, if one of them uh, was already sent home and the, and two of them use it together, it is a steal a vote. And if one of them plays it, meaning only one of them is left, it is an idol. To my knowledge, you cannot play it solo. If other people are left. So if I'm Austin and I want to play my advantage amulet and like Kelly is still in the game, I can't solo play it. I need to play it with Kelly. It's a matter of like they like you have to play amulets together, whatever but, amulets are left. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, so question just for clarification. So say that you and I both have amulets. Yes. And I go to tribal council and use it, but you don't. What happens? So say you See, tell the me the reason you're why do it's it, hazy. They- the reason why it's hazy is because this was on season forty-two. It was not used, <laughs> so we haven't seen it. Okay, right? Um, but yeah, I can't. I I need to do some more research on what happens when you're in the tribal stage. I know what happens when you're in the merge stage. Since you and I would be on the same island together anyways, we could already band that together, put two amulets together, and make a steal a vote. So that works that way. But yeah, it's a cool advantage. It's a cool kind of system. Um, It's just too bad that we didn't get to see it. Um, Well, maybe we will this time. Maybe we will. Hopefully we will. But we got to see some fun advantages being played. Before we get to Tribal, um, I did note the way that Brando played Emily and Drew. Actually, pause. Uh, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take a back before we get into this. Okay. One note that I had that I just have to bring up. Let's hear it. Bruce and the whole fucking eating debacle. As you take a monster drink, but do you remember oh, that? Hell. 
Um, when they were well, all trying to like ration food and Bruce yeah. just, no, it, we're eating and I'm eating and I don't care what you say. And this is so oh, dumb. I'm going to be terrible. So dumb. I don't get to eat. And it's your fault that I don't get to eat. And I was just like, bruh, like you are in this game for the long run. You yeah. barely have food ration because if you eat all of it now, get ready to starve in a few days. Good gosh. Yeah, that again, I'm not a fan of him anyway, but I just had to bring that up to. Yeah. Uh, also, that reminds me. Th- thanks, for, thanks for taking that break, that break, because I also have another thing that I wanted to mention. Um, I forgot if it was Kelly or if it was um Austin. I think it was Kelly um, who said to her tribe when she came back that there was no advantage that they just that they had to haul coconuts. Uh-huh. And if they had won, they would have gotten food. But they didn't. Or something like well, that. Well, no, it was Austin that said that. It was Austin. He- but then he went back and told Drew. And told after. Drew. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought it was. Um, that's smart. Mm-hmm. Because hauling coconuts has been one a hell of a theme for the last few seasons. So they know it's something that's totally realistic, something that production would do. Yeah. That was smart as hell. Well, and now that actually helps lead into all these discussions that went on prior to Tribal because – some people were faltering. Thou who shalt not be named was faltering. Oh. And as we jump forward, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but Austin and Drew ended up using that to kind of reel her back in. So I bravo, I need, my like, guys. Bravo. Well played from Austin, but I've gotta say, Brando, hats off to you. You played the shit out of that one, my friend. I'm really mad that I lost another person from my team two weeks in a row. But you know what? At least he went out firing. Okay, here's what Brando did. Okay, Brando goes to Drew. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Brando goes to Drew and tells Drew, I'm willing to flip on Kendra if you work with me. I'm willing to vote with y'all and flip on Kendra. I'd rather Kendra than me. And Drew's like, oh, wow. I didn't know you'd be so willing to do that. Then Drew tells, I think Drew told Emily, because everybody had these conversations because there was four of them on the island. It was Kendra, Emily, Drew, and Brando. So they went off and had their one-on-ones. Like Brando goes to Emily and says, I never suggested that to Drew. Drew tried to flip me to against Kendra. And now he's using this like reverse psychology type of crap to make you think that I'm doing this and that. And basically just make Emily believe that Drew was some master manipulator that was playing all of them. But it was really Brando that was playing the hell out of all of them. Well, and you got to. I just thought that that was brilliant from Brando. I thought that was a brilliant move. Well, and this also happened from what we saw and how it played out. After Drew declined the nerd alliance that Brando threw up to, he and thou shalt not be named, right? Because that was <laughs> a whole thing, too, because they were sitting there and they were nerding out about Pokemon. I kind of jumped in on the conversation, too. They just didn't know it. But <laughs> that also is kind of a key moment for me because it's like, hey, you actually had an opportunity to genuinely work together on the table that drew just all out was like, nah, I don't think I want to do that, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. I mean, do you think that was a good move by drew in that moment to decline that potential partnership? Um, I, I wouldn't have, if I was drew, I would have tried to kind of like hook out it to use a BB term kind of pull in extra votes because the thing is you can't roll or not even cook out more like brigade it from like okay. bb12 because yeah. you can't you can't rely especially when you go into a merge you can't rely on two three four votes being enough it's enough for only so long yeah right so or sorry it's only enough not for a while you yeah. need a few extra votes to 
complete that majority beforehand. It's good to have that core group so you know who your real people are that you can start picking off everybody else. But where are your other votes coming from? Right. If you want to make your moves, you need to have more votes. Right. So to me, if I were Drew, I think it was a stupid move not to bring in Brando. It would make Kendra an easy target. You could you could try to flip Brando against Kendra and just explain to him. And I would just gone to him and gone to him and been, and been like, listen, dude, you have a bigger future with us than you do than you have with her. The merge has got to be soon. I want to take you through the merge. Let's do this. Let's work together. Let's be a number for each other. So because now when you look at Drew's situation, he's got five. If Emily stays loyal to Austin and Drew, they get back with D and Julie. That becomes five, which out of thir- out of 12, 13, fair. That's a good amount. But yeah. you cannot depend on that being enough. You can't enough. depend on plurality votes. It's not a good thing to depend on. You want to have a majority. So to me, I just I just thought it was a little bit stupid. And then he voted Brando out. Um, which I guess if you're going to deny the guy of an, of an alliance, it's probably best to get rid of him. But <laughs> right. I, I would have I would have entertained it and I would have brought him into something. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a final two deal. It's yeah. got to be. But something, you know, I don't know. Anyway, I wanted to I wanted to bring that up just because as I was watching, that was so important because it's like, oh, now practically Brando and Drew are going at each other for lack of a better way to phrase that. And there was an opportunity there for them to not even get to that point. But if you were drew, would you have brought Brando into something or would you have shut him down as well? I probably, well, and in that moment, especially when we saw it, you know, with the edit, Somebody else was there. Like I said, I'm pretty sure it was thou who shall not be named. I think you're right. And so for me, I feel like I'm going to be so aware that if I'm going to decline an alliance of some sort with someone else in the room, I'm probably just going to default and be like, oh, yeah, let's do that. Because now someone else has heard the conversation of me just all out saying that I don't want to work with someone. And then that's now ammunition for not one, but two people. Right. Because now Brando can say, oh, yeah, I tried to work with him, blah, 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 blah. And now she can also say, oh, yeah, I heard that conversation. And he like they are not a thing. Come on. You know, so I don't know. That was a bad move, in my opinion, to just outright ignore that offer but again like like we know um, i guess at the end of the day it ended up not mattering but now having spoiled the brando went home we're gonna talk about that tribal council and austin's advantage train man genius genius this is what when i saw that stupid goodwill advantage that's what i hoped someone would have done with it or like the extra vote that's what i hope someone would have done with it huh like use it on themselves Hell yeah. yeah. I mean, of course, you're going to use the extra vote on yourself. But just right. like I was hoping that Sabaya would have played an extra vote on herself, you know, if she had it. And, you know, like I, for, I forgot what it was. Um, Who has the extra vote? They it was Austin and Drew that have the extra vote. So I was hoping yeah. that they would play on themselves to, you know, to extend that idol. So, yeah. Um, For those who don't know, Austin has an idol that for every tribal that he doesn't vote. He doesn't that he gives up his vote, the idol becomes more powerful. The first time he gives up his vote, it um the first time he gives if he if he doesn't give up his vote, it is a one-time use idol. So uh, essentially Austin would have had to play it uh on this past episode, or it would have been not worth anything. Um if Austin gives it up once, which he did, it's good until merge. If he gives it up a second time, it is good as a full idol until the final five. Austin and Drew have a goodwill advantage, which is essentially an extra vote, which Austin very well played, uh, decided to give up his vote to extend the power of his idol 
and then use his goodwill advantage to regain a vote. I think I actually I think I actually stood up and just yelled from the fuck on Austin (laughs) when he did that, because I was just like, oh, shit. Again, as somebody that doesn't watch this, I didn't know that he could play both back to back like that and basically extend the life and the power of what he already had without having to give it up. Wow. 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 Magnifique. I will also say it also relies on a certain level of trust in that who shall not be named to, you know, to stay loyal to what they had planned on voting. Right. And luckily for them, she did. Mm -hmm. Because the thing is, essentially, that extra vote just could have just been an extra vote. Yeah. But no, Uh, I think it was very well played. It was it was super smart. I mean, would you I take it you would have done the same thing? Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. You you can extend the power of your idol and you don't have to give up like your uh you don't have to give up voting at all. Hell yeah. Um I'm trying to remember what because I know they have something else as well. Um they still have one more advantage, which is wild. Well he um they who uh, Austin and Drew. Well, because Austin still now has the amulet. He he has the idol and the amulet. Yeah. Drew still has something else. Oh, Drew has safety without power. Oh, that's right. Drew still has safety without power. So they're in a very good situation. Um, The negative of it is that I'm assuming Austin probably wants to extend his idol one more time, which is why I think deny, going back to it, denying Brando was stupid. Okay, unless there's a way for you to get an extra vote or get a way to get your vote back, you're now going to have to give up your vote in a merge situation where your four of Emily, D, Drew, and Julie is not enough to send someone home. Good point. Wow. So now you got to kick it into high gear. Your best move, try to bring in Jay, try to bring in Caleb or somebody to cover your own ass for not having a vote. Extend it one more time because uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe this idol um, as of next episode will be null and void since it's now past merge. Um, He's going to if he wants to extend it, he's going to have to give it up at this at this upcoming tribal, which you're going to need to get a majority. Or at least survive it, you know, I don't think I don't think Austin's a target, I think as long as they can. Even it might even be just blending in with the majority. If a majority wants yeah. Sifu gone, screw it. I'll vote Sifu if it means I stay an extra three days, you know. But now you tell me while you're talking about these majorities, and you know, we're you know, I'm going to reference back to Big Brother for a second because we're yeah. obviously at the telltale end of that season. Is thinking about majority on Survivor similar in the sense where? you maybe want to consider taking along somebody that is weaker just so that they're at least a number for you, even though they may not help you physically, or do you want to go all in balls to the wall with people that you know are just going to hit hard and win comps and win these challenges? I mean, to, to me, I just feel like a good, a good way to go is to have an alliance that is strong in challenges that can perform. But if you're bringing in someone for numbers, sure. Let it be a weakling. Let it be someone that you don't think is an, is a, is a, is a comp threat to you. You know, if your Alliance can win that immunity, but the difference for major thinking in majorities, when you're looking at survivor is because of the idea of a plurality because in survivor, you can spread your votes past two people. There's there there are votes where someone goes home and they didn't go home by a majority. Uh, an example of a plurality would be like a three two one or a yeah. three two two, where it's not the majority, but it's still enough to send someone home. Yeah. Now, so, yeah. No, just another quick question as I'm thinking go about for, this. Yeah. So in in merging, is it they all merge into one, or are there just two larger now? Okay, we're gonna explain. I know. I just I'm trying to follow. No, 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 no. Because because it's this stupid. It's 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 this it's this new thing that they added. Uh, I'm gonna explain this the best way. I'm gonna explain this off of the Survivor uh, Wiki fandom page. Okay. 
The remaining castaways without tribes compete in an immunity challenge. It's two teams where the winning team officially enters the merge while the losing team will have to survive the vote before entering the merge themselves. When I say the merge, it means everybody is on one island. It is every man for themselves. No tribal immunity. It is individual immunity. So there are individual competitions where only one person gets immunity. One person is safe. Oh, okay. That that so, was going to be my follow-up question. So earn the merge is essentially, the way it's going to work here is you have two, uh, so you have three, six, you have 12, 13 people. So the way it's going to work, likely, is a six v six competition. And let's say just because she's in the middle of my screen, Emily is the odd one out. It's a random draw. It's okay. not. So let's say Emily is the odd one out. She will pick a team to bet on. And if she and if she picks the correct. So, and so those two teams will go against each other. Right. Uh, just for the sake of ease of visual. Right. Let's say it's Caleb and the and the original Bellow and then the original Reba. Okay. Those two teams are going to go against each other. The winning team will go straight into the merge. They're safe. They don't need to worry about anything. Let's say that's Reba for the purpose of this example. Mm-hmm. Whichever. So if Emily had bet, if Emily chose Reba to win, she would also go into the merge safe. Wow. Okay. If she's wrong. If she chose re, if she chose, you know, Bello and Reba Bello. wins, then Emily will join the six, and seven people will go to vote that night. So it will be subject to the vote. If I'm not mistaken, uh, another big thing to note, Charles. If I'm not mistaken, everybody votes. All thirteen the of them will vote. Who, even the all people th- who've already moved into. To my knowledge, all thirteen of them will vote. Um. I I hope I'm not wrong. With that said, that now adds a brand new layer to this because let's say Austin wins. If Austin's on the winning team, he could give up his vote and he can't get voted out. I need to remember if the if the winning tribe oh. vote, if the winning if the winning team votes. I, I don't know why I can't remember. Team votes. Um, yeah, they got rid of the hourglass for my Sora fans that know. Thank God. Um, <laughs> the hourglass was stupid. I'll explain to you, Charles, what the hourglass was afterwards. But it was just, yeah. Oh, yeah. The winning team also gets the merge feast. That's another big thing. Oh. So pre so pre 41 there was a tradition when you made the merge production would give you this nice big feast. We're talking chicken, we're talking wine, we're talking all Steak. the fixings. A nice big feast to celebrate. You cheese. made it, you made the halfway point of the game. Now you got to earn it. So the 6 or 7 sorry suckers that don't win they get to go back to camp knowing that the other six or seven dipshits are currently enjoying a nice big feast. How's that for some psychological warfare? Bruh, you have me loving Survivor and I haven't even seen this shit play out. With, with, with that said, the merge is next episode, which there's a lot to be excited for when it comes to that. Um, no, I mean, the, I mean, listen, the merge, the merge is that like, and I hate to sound like America, but it is the iconic moment for a survivor player. Like a lot of people will go into the game and say like, you know, I want, you know, even if I don't win, I want to at least have made the merge. Right. It's that moment where you get to be like, yeah, I made it. I did it. You know, I did that thing. You know, I also, um, in most cases, I don't know if it applies to this season. It probably does. This is also the marking uh, I want to say it's the marking of the jury stage, but I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, it's just a big moment in any survivor season. And so this is a big thing that they're going to want to win. Also just to go in and have that immunity. 
um, because it is a smaller, you know, voting pool, right? Six or seven. And then the next time it's going to be 11, right? Because 12 people, one person's going to have individual immunity. So like six to choose from is a much smaller pool than 11. So there's a lot less guaranteed safety if you're one of the six or seven suckers that doesn't have immunity. So it's, and it's if not, you, yeah. And it, not to cut you off, but if you Go have for, yeah. some, True competition beast, not like self-described Jag thinks um, blue as a competition beast. But if you have a true competition beast, they can continue winning this individual immunity, right? Like they can just win week after week because it's all an individual comp at this point. Yeah. You can can go on a tear and win back to back to back to back to back. Okay. Let's fucking go, Austin. Let's fucking go. <laughs> but what's fun is that this is kind of like the part, this is kind of like you're going, like these individual challenges, you're going into a lot more like mental and endurance type comps than we've mm-hmm. seen in the last five episodes. You're still going to see physical episode, like physical challenges, but there's going to be like, you're going to see it start to slightly shift as we go episode by episode into more of those endurance and memory type comps. Because now the elements are really taking a toll on even like the mental stability and just the mental capacity part of it. So, yeah, it's 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 going to be a very, very fun thing to watch happen. So with that said, uh, Charles, I'll ask you for your closing uh, closing remarks on this episode. Man, I'm excited. I, I, I know that sounds cheesy and like a cop out answer, but. Knowing that there is a merge happening where everybody is now playing as an individual, that for me is really going to start to set the pace of the rest of the season, which again, this sounds so cliche, knowing that that does set the pace for the rest of the season. (laughs) But no, again, as a newbie watching this and knowing that the physical guys and ladies are going to start to come out, you know, again, trying to align yourself with people so that, again, if you are Katura or who else can I pull out? Um, let, let's say Julie, right? But if you're looking at to these ladies who already have shown that they're maybe not as physical as some of these other people, we're really hopefully going to start to see them strategizing, really trying to make connections with people, meaningful connections with people. Um, so, yeah, I am fucking here for it. And as you long also as never, yeah, you also no, never no. know who's going to win. You know, yeah. it could be one of those surprises where like, you know, a good example is when FBJ wins HOHs or when Felicia wins HOHs, you know, like it's it's the you didn't expect. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. For those that don't see it, Charles just went into darkness. Oh, and, and a hoodie. His uh, A hood has come on. Oh, new layers. Really? But no, really? No, but no, just in the in terms of just like you yeah. never know, like it could be the people you don't expect that start sure. to win these immunity challenges. So now it, are there, it's fun to watch. You never know what to expect. It, no, uh, that just made me think of a question. Now, are these challenges as they move into the individual um, in the, into the individual section, are there moments where they throw comps on survivor? So say Austin and drew are the final two in something, or they're really close. Is there a moment where Austin says to drew, Hey, I'm going to throw this to you because I know that people have already been talking about getting rid of you. So I want you to win this. Does that happen here or no? Sure. Well, it also depends on where you are in the challenge, right? Like if it's if it's an endurance comp and Austin and Drew are the last ones and like that situation where you said like, mm-hmm. like if I'm Drew and I know people have been talking about Austin, then totally he might throw it to him. Okay. It's, I mean, throwing comps are, is just like a, a universal type of thing, you know? Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. So, yeah, no, I'm I'm is- glad that you're excited. What about you? What about you, Richard? What excites you about what we have to see um, on the next episode? 
the merge is always exciting just to see how people kind of attack it given the newer style um i don't know i'm just excited to see what happens with it it'll it'll be tons of fun to watch and um I don't know. It's different for me because we're coming from two different perspectives, right? This is the first time yeah. you're watching it, and this is the tough. Rick knows which time I'm watching this show. So, you know, it's it's just fun for me to, to watch and get to see. You know what? Now you get to watch knowing that a complete newbie is sending you random text saying what the fuck is happening. Um, hopefully you get some joy out of that, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah. I, I get enjoyed from the fact that I get my text from Charles. I can expect getting text from Charles on Wednesday night. You know, the um, the classic. Um, wh- what was it? Um, ah, my heart almost jumped out of my chest. Um, let's see. I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just I just know I can guarantee myself that I'm going to be getting text from yeah. Charles throughout the episode, which is tons of fun um, maybe we're just gonna have to start screen recording our text conversation so that we can post it uh <laughs> yeah we'll we'll have to post it on social media so see people can see the bullshit that i say we 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 will we'll uh we'll coordinate with us set with um i think sarah's now in charge of our social media we'll see we'll see how that goes but sarah and daniel um hopefully we'll be back next week uh at least we can hope but if not you know me and charles can ball out once again we well, got it. <laughs> we'll have more fun. But that's all the time we have for this week's episode. So we will catch you guys next time on the Bitter Joy Podcast. Bye.